0: Right, hello everybody, you're listening to this with myself, Stevie, joining me for the first time this year is Rizzo. John, I'm trying to think of the last time you were involved, uh, Celtic Beat Rangers 2-1. We didn't cover anything about submitting because we did actually want to take a break. We did say before it we fully expected Celtic to actually do the business in the transfer window after that win and really kick on for the second half of the season. Uh, how's that looking?
1: Hello everybody, hello Stevie, happy new year to all the listeners. It's looking great. we linked with loads of players. And buying loads of players, it's gone great. The transfer window's been a huge success so far.
0: Right, do you want to give the deal? answer, though?
1: It's been shit. I mean, I suppose we all sort of feared it would be shit. And it has been. I mean, we've bought, like, one player, Coon, who... I don't know, will he be any good? I'm hoping he's good, but, I mean, there's no guarantee, but... We've been through it so many times. Left back, goalkeeper, and all striker. We've not bought any of them, and the transfer window closes in three days. So I mean, I'm hoping that when we come back next week after the Aberdeen game, we'll have loads of transfers to talk about. But I've no get the. Let's just say I'm no confident about that. But no, I mean things only really looking good now at Celtic. It's like we're walking on a tightrope and any time it looks like we could just fall off altogether as a club, no gig pod of course, we will never let you down on Lake Celtic, but no, transfer window has been shambolic so far, I mean, supposedly the the Baron, we've heard, could be going to Lecce on loan in Italy, I mean, what a bizarre scene he's turned out to be, but no, I mean, if you if you look at the, the inertia and the transfer window, coupled with how bad we were at the weekend, which we're going to talk about in a second, then no, it's uh, we've not really been covering ourselves in glory. The podcast, that is, uh, in my absence, but now I'm back, so hopefully Celtic will I'll pay attention to me complaining about them, because we know they listen, well, we know one player listens, so hopefully he's telling Brendan about it.
0: I know to everybody, still wondering who that is, it's Greg Taylor, who uh, we definitely have not criticised in the last few weeks. And Greg Taylor still looks at those stories, especially the ones uh, when we're putting up podcasts and all that, it's, it's bizarre. But you can't blame on Jonah, because what else are Celtic players going to be doing when they're sitting about injured? Listening to GigPod, of course, being very nice and complimentary about them. But, Jonah, in your absence, uh, there was also Daily Celtic, Daniel... That covered as well what did you make of his performance
1: i thought he did very well and i mean as you said big thanks to him for going to lennox town for us and i mean he's still a young guy though he's i wonder if he's already like fed up with celtic or uh, he'll get fed up with celtic in years to come like in 20 years time when he, like he's our age and selica still when peter lowell junior junior is like making a mess of the celtic transfers i wonder what he'll be thinking then but no he done very well and We'll have him on again. They relatively shouldn't imagine.
0: Certainly more times than you this year. I hope. Um, right, so you did want to ask me about a game. We do have to talk about a game. I would like to come on here, uh, slagging off Celtic's boards, slagging off people behind the scenes, and generally having very cheap digs from the comfort of my south side abode. Sadly, there is a game to talk about. I wish we didn't need to talk about the football, but Rezo, as always, as a real fan, I was there. You refused to pay money to go and see Celtic. Uh, it's one of your better decisions, I'd say, recently. So ask away uh, if you want about the ninety minutes that I had to endure alongside uh, thousands of others.
1: Well, not that many, if you look at how many empty seats there were, and of course the game was quote unquote sold out. But I think uh, a lot of fans are making their their opinions known by not going to the games, and we can't just blame that in the crap weather. But no, I not listen- we'll go over how bad the game was overall and we were crap i mean you score a goal in the very first minute against was County. a jammy goal as well it was a fortunate goal aj's first goal of the season. the no, i first goal of the season i think and i mean that's it what i really want to know about is the atmosphere what was the atmosphere like because it was hard for me uh, watching the game on legal means of course to tell i mean you can't tell when you're watching it on tv what was it like was there just apathy or were the fans getting angry and angrier because i know the you message me and saying it's just like the mother game and it really was like the mother game the only surprise was that they didn't equalize in the last minute we had some apparently uh, hilarity that day as well so was the atmosphere like were people just accepting how bad we were or were fans getting angry like they did against hearts what was the atmosphere of the game like overall
0: well we begin with it was fine Sad to say before the game get into it i think we'll win like three or four nil uh, I, I stuck to it as well even when I saw the team that I saw Bernabé playing remember of course as well Ross County my manager <laughs> absolutely hates them so I was like I mean these if that was like my manager uh, and he was just bad mouthing me and my team you would be like I'd never want to work for this guy I'm going down tools until somebody new comes in that's what especially that's what you usually see in football but no um, Ross County I thought uh, applied herself very well in terms of the atmosphere second half on like after the penalty yeah certainly took a downturn but second half onwards the worse we got uh the angrier the fans got, and it was they quite at the hearts level you know I, I, there, there weren't any shouts or chants directed towards the board but you could tell people were just getting utterly fed up and probably sums it all up you uh, know my pal Lewis went to the pub several times uh, in a couple of years before we've known each other I pretty much spent the second half Talking about the Royal Rumble with Lewis, that's how bad it is. And I don't even like the wrestler. I'm not a biz fan, like yourself, I know that Lewis loves it. But we're just talking about what we're going to be doing Saturday night. This is like 60 minutes in, Celtic created next to nothing. I think CCV had a header that was downwards, it was tipped over, it was a reaction save from the goalkeeper. But yeah, it it was just strange and then the later the game got on and the, the subs were appalling. I know you'll probably want to talk about the subs, John, but oh my god, the subs were so bad, like, Tumbo put in a Malumbu against Leipzig performance, it was shocking. You know, as I said, the, the more the game went towards that 90th minute, I was just thinking this is Muramu all over and Ross County had two great chances, like, it's down to quality in the end, isn't it? and the standard of player they've got, they're 11th in the league. You know, if that's a, if that's maybe a Mioski for Aberdeen or a Shankland, he's finishing that effort That Jordan White, like, hit tamely into Joe Hart and even then Joe Hart, like, nearly made a mess of it and then the very last chance at the end was just, I don't I mean a better player puts that away it says a lot about Ross County that they're in that position and that's maybe why when they're not clinical enough to take those type of chances but I'm not I'm not going to say a uh, booed because I, I certainly didn't and I don't I'm not going to say as well I don't agree with it because the fans that go to the game are not entitled to react how they want it was a terrible performance and the reality is John we made them um, Ross County look like a really good side I mean they're 11th in the league as I said and you would, if you look, if a stranger was to come into Celtic Park and see the two teams, he would probably think they were two mid-table sides. Or Ross County were up challenging as well. But you would never have thought that was the champions and the team in the first place playing a team that are down at that relegation zone, really, really poor, all over the park. And I know there was a plethora of excuses. Still missing Diza Maeda, but we knew that was going to be the case. Missing the dynamic play of Rio Hitati. But again, we knew that was coming too with Asian Cup. All the way to Brendan criticising the pitch, and I know it's in a bad nick. But again, I've seen Celtic Park in worst states, and you've got to think, if we did win that game, would we have heard that excuse rolled out? I highly doubt it. Not that it takes away from the fact that the pitch is utterly diabolical, but there's just so many problems all over that club now, and again, it's just through blind faith. Nothing logical that I think we will get to me and we'll be okay but I'm not seeing it and I'm not seeing it's going in the right direction we're going backwards but it's just through sheer blind faith and the fact that through habit we always seem to keep winning we've got that mentality but we have won big games this season and I'm just hoping we can get over the line in the next few months but yeah it's really really poor Um, you just want to go to Celtic party be entertained and Sadly, the football churned out by Brendan Rodgers and the team, John, is, is is depressing to watch. So, yeah, I, I can't blame people for turning up and booing while I don't agree with it and while I wouldn't after we've won a game. I can see why people react to that. It's blatantly clear that we need to get players in.
1: Yeah, I mean, how often is that happened? That a team wins a game, they go five points clear at the top of the league. I mean, I know Rangers have got a game in hand, which they will win against Ross County. Well, well, maybe they won't, in fact, Ross County. Oh, no, I doubt they'll get Rangers I have many problems. But, I mean, with five points clear and the fans are booing, a section of fans are booing, that just shows that things aren't going right there now at the club. Before I go into uh, Brendan and the board as to who is to blame, I think we should talk about yep, the subs. I thought that David Turnbull and Mikey Johnson were absolutely just hopeless. I mean, I really, really would not shed any tears if both of them left Celtic in the next few days. I mean, they've had their day. Johnson's never really made it for us. I mean, you know, I think they're going to have a decent career at a, maybe a championship club david tumble i'm not sure where he'll go but he did well for Ange. he's like and Ange's first season until he got that injury in the league cup final he's not really featured that often since and he's just done here at celtic i'd be delighted if both of them were off the wage bill but the uh, transfer window closing on the thursday i have my doubts but i mean those subs were appalling they they, they and they've got previous for that i mean if you look at how bad Johnson especially played against Rangers where he was completely out of position. I mean, and it just shows what a pig's ear we've made in a transfer window that we're relying on Johnson. I don't know why I'm just picking him, but it's true. And I mean, I know that we're going to have Dyson and Rio Hatati and O and even Yang back in a couple of weeks, but we should still be doing better. And I think another thing we need to talk about is the, the penalty catastrophe. And I just could not believe that Palmer done that twice. i seen a clip that was somebody videoed at the game and as soon as he'd done that at the second the second time as soon as he repeated what he'd done for the first time they were just laughing because it was that bad so laughable and surely Lewis Palmer has done with penalties I'd have Callum McGregor take them again I mean I know that he had a bad run at them but he should have pulled rank he as a captain and said right I'm taking the penalty the second time because that was just so embarrassing. And Palmer should have been off penalties after that one against Motherwell. So that just sums up really what's going on at Celtic. We get a penalty. He, like that would, would have won the game, really. I mean we did win, but it would have made the game safe. 2-0 up after like half an hour. And we know only we get a chance to miss it, he does the same thing twice. At least when hard Haran missed against Valencia that time, we went the other way the second time. Palmer didn't even do that. But no, I mean, I thought that it was a terrible performance. And what worries me is that we looked like we were getting back to our best, well, sort of, before the break. If you look at the win against Rangers and the win against St. Mullen, I mean, we were all thinking that could be a hard game. But I thought we played well by this season standard against St. Mullen with the game, one after six minutes. But, I mean, Bucky Thistle, you can't really take much against them because they're a non-league team. But that performance against Ross County was like I'd say it's maybe our worst of the season probably on a par with hearts even though we lost that game because we were we created practically nothing it was a, and Ross County are a lot worse team than us they've not got like Loris Shanklin that can score goals so no I think it's a, a real worry how after spending time with the team in the the winter break that we've came back and we were so so bad and it's like the form we showed when we were losing games and if we don't pick this form up We've got this three-game trip to hell. We need to play starting on Saturday. I'd be shocked unless things massively improve if we win these three games. We'll talk more about that later on, but the big worry for me is that our performances are back to toilet level after it looked like we'll start to play well again.
0: Penalty situation is just baffling. I mean, all throughout the years I've seen... A lot of Celtic players miss penalties, even the great ones like Henrik, but even if I've seen like guys like Pierre miss penalties, you know that one against Rangers 1996, the one they defeat. defeat, uh, Henrik over the years missed penalties, to, um, and, there's, and there's been loads of, I mean I think Dembele missed a couple as well, but when it's, it's now at the point when Celtic are getting a penalty, by default you're always thinking we're going to score, but I look at the stats here now, here's one John, we've got 10 penalties this season, yes we have one more than Rangers, <laughs> they've had 9, they scored 7 and they've missed 2, we scored 6. We've missed four. A 60% conversion rate. It's diabolical for a professional team. I think it is sadly going to have to be Callum McGregor who has missed a couple of penalties himself. He's going to have to just pull rank in this one and just take them. Because I can't see any other option. Kyogo doesn't seem to want to hit them. Matt O'Reilly who's the the best footballer at the club now doesn't seem to want to go near them at all either. I don't know if it's a a mental block that's in the heads of these players now when we get a penalty. But I think it should be Callum McGregor. So I agree there. And you know what? If we do get another one this season, I'm going to automatically assume that we're going to miss it. That's how bad it's got, that when you, the best chance, like, realistically to score in a game, and we're at the point now where we can't even be trusted, it's, it's symbolic. it really is. So frustrating to see that type of performance when we should have really been kicking on after, you know, it was a great display against Livingston, John, but we got to win, that was all. Second half performance against Dundee, I thought was uh, decent. Game against Rangers, one of the ones that I thought we were the better side and uh, we managed to grind it out in the end despite the last 20 minutes being uh, a nightmare. And then a great performance against St Mirren. Really controlled, really assured. Matt O'Reilly, Dyson Maeda, absolutely fantastic and I thought we were, you know, that was, was one of our best performances of the season. But one of my mates, a mutual mate of ours, was saying, and this reminds him so much of uh, the 08-09 season when, you know, had hammerings of, like, St Mirren, 7-0, we had that, uh, I think we had a, 11 or 12 game winning streak, and then you had just daft results in between, like a 2-0 loss to Hibbs, 4-2 loss to Aberdeen, and then just dropping daft points at home to Dundee United, They had a 3 game uh, drawn spell against Inverness, Rangers and Murrowell, and then of course uh, there's the transfer window of 08-09 infamously, after just needing a strike at him, Jan Veneguer, misfire, misfiring, Scott McDonald wasn't in his best form, The Samaras was a bit hot and cold as well. All he did was Stephen Fletcher in. We got in Willow Flood. uh, Rangers, sadly, went on to win the league in the last day. You know, we were playing catch-up for a couple of seasons. I just find it strange, John, because like Brendan Rodgers said, after Lazio knocked us out in the Champions League, he said that he was very, very confident that over the coming windows, we can add quality. He said, there's no doubt that we have to add quality. It's not about the quantity of players, but you need the quality. And that's how you improve as a team. And yet... He's still here now and you've said, like, what is he doing? Still here, why is he not more public in his anger with the board? And Do you think he's backed himself into a corner with the fact that he promised to stay at the start of the season? he said, no matter what, I'll be here the three years. How much of that uh, do you think the board are ripping it? It's painfully obvious, John, after you watch that uh, and see that team's performance Saturday. That we badly need quality in there. And again, we're leaving it to the very last minute. And I don't think Brendan's going to get the quality in that he wants. Um, there's no chance. I think he might get a loan left back in. There's a uh, Cindy Van Hoydonk who is likely going to be coming in. That's going to be on loan as well. And how much SA has Brendan had there? So what's your thoughts on that with Brendan? Let's be honest, we're not looking at that forwarded on WhatsApp garbage. I don't believe any of the rumours. But where do you think he's at mentally right now with Celtic?
1: I'm genuinely not sure because if you look at his, like, stuff after the game on Saturday, blaming the pitch and going on about how the fans have been complaining. I mean, it's never a good say to have a dig at the fans. Really, I wouldn't have shed any tears if Brendan and both Lowell's left Celtic at the end of the season. I mean, it'd be a clean break. The ideal scenario is that we somehow win the league and Brendan and the two Lowell's just depart because I don't think either Lowell is doing anything positive for Celtic I'm sure I'll get criticised for that by uh, people that run blogs who are big fans of Peter Lowell and his son, neither of whom seem to be doing very well for Celtic at the moment and really I wouldn't shed any tears as I said if Brendan left because the football for the vast majority of the season has been unwatchable crap and you can't even say, say it's winning football because look at last month we get me off command looking hearts and those two results were allowed Rangers right into the title race and we're practically only two points ahead and with a squad that we've got, we should, we, should, we should still be doing better than we are. I mean, I know we need players, but the majority of that squad did win five trophies in the last six years. So for me, the, that three years thing, I think's a red herring because if we don't win the league this season, and I'm no confident that we will, Brendan won't be manager next season because, I mean, why should he be? Blowing the league in this situation, we were eight points clear against a Rangers team that had to change their manager, and has already like sold at least two of the players he brought in last summer. Like they are having a, a semi rebuild. In fact, they have rebuild because they've got a new manager. And they've had a rebuild during the season, and they were eight points behind us, and now they're only two points behind us. And it wouldn't be a shock if Rangers won the league. But how poor we've we been. So uh, that free year stuff, as I think not even worth talking about because I think even though I mean we had our reservations about Brendan, everybody thought he should be good enough to win the league against a Michael Beale managed Rangers team and I'm sure if Michael Beale was still at Rangers we would have won the league, but they've got a manager in who I still don't think he's a great manager and Brendan obviously beat him a couple of weeks ago, but they're at least being proactive in the transfer market would I want to sign any of their players at Celtic? I don't know but they're being pretty active at least we're doing nothing and no for me brendan is to blame as much as the board really i would be fine if the board and brendan just quite To i mean i know that's impractical the, the board on mass are going to leave but i mean if lowell senior and junior left that'd be fine if brendan left at the end of the season i'd be fine because the football's absolutely rubbish i mean we talked about this before christmas we were playing crap and that in saturday was just abominable i mean as i said to you it's nothing to do with the money although it is expensive it was the same price when Ange was a manager and i was desperate to get to as many home games as possible and like even when we were at hamden i was desperate to try and get tickets no i'm leaving boredom i mean i wasn't fussed about missing the game on saturday i'll not be that fussed about missing the commander game at home in a couple of weeks because the football is unwatchable dross for the vast majority of the time and for that's really what's making me no side with brendan normally i'd be like 70 80 percent in favor of brendan i'd be 78 blaming the board over brendan but brendan's playing terrible football his squad should still be good enough to perform better and we're no doing it so to me they're both equally blame and I would just love it if at the end of the season we clean slate and had a new beginning, WWE style, but that's not going to happen and I don't I, I don't think Brendan will be here. I actually I'm not sure even if Peter Lowell's son will be here. Because I think that if we don't win the league and we don't like get some good signings in there, the fallout from this transfer will be so severe I think he may leave. Brett, Peter Lowell will probably still be about as the chairman. But no, to me, they're both to blame equally for what's happening at Celtic. And I doubt it's going to get any better between them because I don't really think... I'm just surmising there's no much relationship between Lowell and Rodgers. I mean, I, I don't think they got on in Brendan's first spell as manager and I don't think much has changed in this spell except that our draws football. In fact, he's, Brendan's first season, we played great football and the, the second or third season was poor on a par with this we were still winning with any of a challenger. Now we have a challenger, and it's not looking good. So they're both equally to blame for me. What do you? Who, who would you blame more, or are you the same with me?
0: 50-50. Uh, I think the board by default you know, are, are the enemy of Celtic, there's no doubt about it. They don't relate to the, the fan and the stand. Um, all they care about is take, take, take. That's, all they do. It's, that, that's what they've done for a long time. The, the way Celtic ran, as uh, Tony at the Pod Tim said, it summed it up just like a bowling club. um, They don't really want to take us forward, and Still feels in many ways it's a it's a shut shop so the board by default will always be the case but I'm just mystified that you know we've heard Brendan's comments at the the, the end of November we even heard it after the Hearts game he wasn't surprised that the team put in that performance where we were, we were terrible and lost 2-0 said that he badly needs a quality the Celtic captain Callum McGregor saying we badly need to get quality additions in but still not seen any I'm sure we'll see some this week but it's going to just be last minute again I strongly think there'll be loans. I, I hope I'm wrong. Hope the club actually go out, spend 4-5 uh, million on a left back and on a striker. Hope they're not loans and I will say, fair enough. I'll eat my words, John. But yeah, I'd love to see it. I just, I don't have no faith in them. And I'm very surprised that Brendan uh, is still around and it, when I just see him, he's to the body language of a guy who resigned to being let down again by this board. But I'm just surprised that he, uh, he came back for this. If we do win the league, I think you already said it, It it'll be a sense of relief, but we're not seeing an improved Celtic side. If anything, we've went backwards and we've maybe won the league due to the fact that our rivals had imploded already in the season and are still going through a rebuild, but that doesn't say much about your own club. I want to see Celtic constantly improving and I know that if we do win the league, we'll go back into European competition and we'll be in utter shambles next season because the squad will be all over the place and... What's most frustrating for me is going to Celtic Park should be a release. You know, you I mean, work hard during the week. Got to do a lot of shit in life. Uh, I don't want to get all philosophical here, but this country is a fucking state. It really is. Uh, I would leave it there. You know my thoughts on this country and Glasgow. But getting to Celtic Park should be an escape. And you know, for the social aspect, I love it. See guys like. Um, Lewis and seeing the guys that sit next to me and everything—it's good catching up with them. Sometimes my uncle, my granda too, if I see them. But now, I mean, if it wasn't for the social aspect, what I'm just seeing in the park, it's just it's murder, and there's not really a lot of excuses for it because I, I grew up seeing a uh, Celtic sides <sighs> miserable watching the past, but we weren't strong off the park. I mean, we were scraping by that biscuit tin mentality. Rangers were the team <laughs> we owed at millions in the bank. They were showing off about it, but they were actually doing something about it as well. John, think about it, right? That's the most galling part of this. Like, they've came, they they tried to weaponize it, but it's come back to haunt them because that 70 million pound in the bank chat they've done it to show off, but they're not willing to do anything about it. But see if Rangers had that in the bank. (laughs) They get any more debt to bury us. That's the annoying part. We're just not ruthless.
1: The problem is, the board have been there far too long. They're a bunch of sort of risk averse, conservative in every sense of the word. Individuals and I mean, they've been there far, far too long. There should be like five years, should be the most that a director should be at Celtic. And the fact that we're constantly talking to the directors so often shows that things are not going well at a club that's run well. You wouldn't know who the directors were, you wouldn't hear about it but of course it's celtic we always hear about directors and it's always been the way but no i mean if rangers were in our situation in fact look what they're doing now they're going out and spending money that they might not have to buy players and i've always done that maybe we'll buy players but i don't know right so before you go i, I want to talk about um this week from hell that we've got coming up aberdeen hibbs and St. Mern, all away from home we've got aberdeen away first next saturday we'll be back after uh, that game with a, a review of that and a uh, a roundup of our transfer window, If there is any, we're we'll not doing a transfer window special. Celtic don't deserve it, cause they don't put their effort. They don't put their effort in, so we won't either. So I mean, how in a percentage, a hundred percent? Not out of ten. In fact, how confident are you that we'll get three wins out of three in this this week from hell, which I think will decide define the season? Out of ten, how confident are you that we'll win the three games?
0: Nine out of ten. And again. Nothing logical, it's just through the fact that this season, in the big games we've turned up as well as other teams just doing very, very stupid things against us. Aberdeen if they'd change manager, maybe I'd say that could be a draw. But, I, th- I think that'll be the toughest game in a lot. Bizarrely, I know Hibbs is our bogey team. Uh, in Easter Road, Brendan's not winning there. It's well documented, but for some reason, I just see he's storming that game. Now, of course, uh, this could probably be clipped and come back to haunt me. And I'll take that I just see he's going to Easter Road and battering Hibs because Hibs are diabolical at the moment. I did watch them in the first half against Rangers. Really, really poor side. Again, their fans uh, would be furious at getting heavily gubbed off us and Rangers uh, in a couple of weeks. So there is that a bit of motivation for Hibs there. Out of the two tricky games we've got coming up, I think Aberdeen will be the toughest. I think we will get through it. Again, maybe just for the fact that Barry Robson is not getting a cheer out of any players. So uh, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. I don't think it's going to be like a case of us going there, winning like 4 and 5 nil and all that. Those, those days are, are gone. I think it will be a very tight win over Aberdeen. I think we'll go to Easter Road and it'll be a tight win too. And then a game against St. Mirren, I think we'll win that. I don't. Although I remember that 08 09 season. They did put us out the cup there, didn't they? Billy Mehmet penalty. I remember uh, I was at that game. I was utterly fuming. But yeah, it's a 9 out of 10 for me, John. Probably just down to blind faith and uh, nothing rational or anything, but that's what I am with Celtic now, so I'm willing to take the abuse off yourself and the listeners, if I get this one badly wrong, but it's just where I see you I I just I still think we'll turn up in these big games, and that's what Brendan lives for, even though now he just seems utterly bored and fed up. What about you?
1: Uh, three out of ten. I just I just can't see it happening, unless something dramatically changes. I actually think we'll win fairly comfortably at Aberdeen, but... Easter Road, as everybody knows, is a nightmare for us for some bizarre reason. St so Mirna Way, I think, will be a difficult game, even though we are obviously a much better team. And in fact, I missed that Billy gate goal uh, game because I was in, yes, good old London. So, there you go. Right, so before we go, we'd just like to say a quick uh, farewell, rest in peace to Stuart Gray, a Celtic player of the. 1990s who sadly died at the age of only 50 of cancer that's a real tragedy I mean he was a he was part of the Celtic squad that was a, a under a rebuff for Celtic under Tommy Burns in the 95-96 season I mean he was involved in that season he scored his only goal against Rafe Rovers in that season he was a player that Tommy Burns liked and it's a shame for a, a player from our youth really dying at the age of only 50 Stevie that is that is a, a tragedy really and a condolences go to his family.
0: Yeah totally John I mean you Grew up watching Celtic uh, In that era And I remember him being a full back I did have to ask you Who he scored against I think you told me He scored against Rafe Rovers In the last day of the ninety, no, Second last day Of the 95-96 season I don't remember him scoring But I do remember him being a Fairly capable uh, Left back I think I was going to see Who the team was But the first thing came up Was uh, rest in peace Stuart Gray And I thought Jeez That's awful i just say only 50. I think he was a uh, father of uh, uh, four or five as well. Really tragic news, John. Just an awful disease, and pff, no much more can really be said there.
1: Yep, sorry to end the pod on a, a sad note, but we, ha- we felt we had to cover it. R- RIP uh, Stuart Gray, you'll be missed. Right, so Stevie, thank you for being on Pod, for being on pod. I'm hosting this, strangely enough, but anyway, thanks for being on.
0: You're welcome. In- Thank you as well for making sure that Amazon delivery of those mics uh, were safe and sound. Yes, everybody, John's got some news about new microphones we've got for the pubs, because some snowflakes just kind of seem to handle those loud noises when we go to Molly Malone's to record. So what did we actually do? We listened, and uh, what did we order in, John?
1: We ordered sensational microphones that we can plug into the the iPhone that will surely make the the pods from the pubs sound much better, and we'll probably be doing a pub pod. For the St Mirren game, I'd imagine. Unless you want to do it for, for Hibs, which I don't really want to because I don't know if we'll win do I do to watch it in the pub. But, uh, yes, we will. Next time we do a pub pub and good old maulers, we will have these sensational new mics. So, looking forward to that, listeners. Right, so we will be back at the weekend after the Aberdeen game. We'll have a transfer window roundup for that as well. But, Stevie, on our wonderful Instagram at GigPod, you will be keeping the listeners up to date. And if we do it... And, in the transfer window and you you could also give our thoughts on any transfers that come in or any departures I'll think about it <laughs> right okay right so yep we're fine. I'm finally back anyway in gig pod and time for the outro well you know what you have to do subscribe 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 on Spotify on Apple Podcasts we want those subscription numbers going through the roof and hopefully even more listeners will be attracted when we get our sensational new microphones in action so you can look forward well to that as well as I say, Stevie will be keeping everybody updated on Instagram at a gig pod with any transfer news that comes in and I'll even send them notes with my verdicts and any transfers that we do. So there you go, there's something for Right, so we'll be back next week. Hopefully Celtic will shock us all by signing a dozen players in the next three days. Oh well, we can dream anyway. And good luck to Celtic on Saturday against Aberdeen. <laughs> I
0: just burst out laughing, let his dream.
1: <laughs> That's as well. Thank you, you can keep that in. Right and good luck to Celtic on Saturday as well against Aberdeen. I mean, surely we'll not have two crap performances on the road. Everyone like us, right? Speak to you all later. It's good to be back in GigPod, even though Celtic don't make it good. Thanks to you for listening and hail hail. <laughs> Podcast Network.